Welcome in everybody to the Westside Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dakota Ezri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome to the show. This podcast is available on free on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Index, iHeartRadio, as well as multiple others. Those are the main ones. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting the show, subscribing. Really, it means the world to me. Just want to give a brief shout out and a thank you to everybody who's been doing that. We are very, very close to getting to the 400 range on the, on the lessons. Thank you so much for you guys for doing that for me. Really appreciate it. We have a small around the world section this week. I have previous. I apologize right out of the get go. My voice does not sound great. I was at the ballpark on Sunday, having a good old hooting and hollering time. My voice is still recovering from it, so I apologize for that. It's not due to a technical or an audio issue. It's just the fact that my voice doesn't sound great. But we'll we'll get through like we always do. Around the world sections is short this week. A couple things on the All Star Derby, a home run derby, excuse me, and then the Steelers renaming their park. Players inside the Home Run Derby are currently Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, Albert Pujols, Pete Alonso, and Ronald Acuna Jr. No players from the American League have yet to be announced. I imagine that will probably be happening today and tomorrow. The players have been leaked the last 48 hours for the National League. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed for Julio. Obviously, we all want to see Julio inside the, the Home Run Derby. He'll be there inside the All-Star Game also. It'll be a great opportunity to get some more clout for the city of Seattle. Steelers have officially renamed their their home field from what was Heinz Field to Acrisure Stadium. 21 years this was named Heinz Field. So, as it is due in due time, it's time for things to change. I like the name Heinz Field. It was very fitting of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I know it's a city of sandwiches and whatnot and, you know, Philly cheesesteaks and all that good jazz. I know Philly and Pittsburgh are different, but, you know. The state of Pennsylvania is known for fantastic food. It's very simple. So overall, good to see this happen. Exciting time to be a Steelers fan. Kenny Pickett's coming in. See what happens with that. That's pretty much a short around the world section this week. I, I will have more when more information comes right now. There's been no information, no updates on Pac-12 alliances and new programs quite yet. I did touch on that two podcasts ago, but unfortunately, I don't have any more on that. A lot of you guys have been asking what the heck's going on. I will get deeper into it when I get more concrete information and not just leaks and reports because it's hard to know if they're smoking guns or if it's just, you know, uh, you know, blowing smoke up somebody's skirt for better lack of an analogy. Anyways. I got a lot of Mariners today. I've got a standard section. When I say a standard section, I'm talk- I want to talk about the record, what they've done the last couple of weeks, the last month. I've got the sweep in Toronto, all-star voting, roster updates, trade candidate possibilities, and then also we're going to finish with the pitching probables for today's matchup in Washington, D.C. in the nation's capital. The Mariners, since May 27th, are 27-15. and 15. They have won 17 of their last 20 ball games. The collective ERA of both the starting rotation and the bullpen are 2.78 currently. They have scored 176 runs to only allowing 125. That is a 51 point run differential. That is exactly the kind of baseball that gets you to be winning on a consistent daily basis. I love everything this team is doing right now. They have timely hitting. They have consistent clutch moments. The bullpen has been rock 
solid recently. And with that said, I'm actually going to talk about that during the series of the sweep. The broomstick sweep of Toronto. And let me just say, the Canadian fans that came down across the, the uh, border this weekend were absolutely fantastic. The engaging responses and the conversations and moments in the crowd. I was in 105 with me and my buddy on Sunday. Watched the two, the two Slam Tana home run game. Absolutely phenomenal just the atmosphere. You could walk around the concourse and just feel the elect the electricity. The electric factory is just rip roaring. The generators are pumping amps. This is exactly what this place is built, designed, and created for. I can't imagine what Jesse Winker's feeling like the last six, six games on his suspension, waiting and just chomping at the bit to get back with his teammates. Which, as far as I know, he will be back today in the series opener. At Washington DC Carlos Santana three home runs this series two in Sunday's game one against Alec uh, whatever his last name Alec Manoa pardon me it's not exactly the easiest name that rolls off my tongue but it is what it is he's been phenomenal since he's come across to the Mariners hitting with over 300 slugging over 800 if I'm, if I'm Kansas City, I'm just shaking my head. Like, this happened to us again. You know, every time. Well, this is what happens. Being a Mariners fan, I know how Toronto, pro or excuse me, Kansas City probably feels about this. When you're playing for an organization, and no due disrespect to the Kansas City Royals, they've got Bobby Witt Jr. They've got a couple decent pieces. Not a whole lot of pitching. The pitching's really weak is their problem. they got a couple decent bullpen arms. Uh, that I call, I'm actually going to cover into in the next podcast on this one because there are so many trade possibilities between the different teams that are not playing well right now, such as the Kansas City Royals. But that's a different conversation for a different day. But the acquisition of Carlos Santana for this team, Scott Service has talked about his value on this roster is not just what he's doing on the field, it's what he's doing off the field. Him and Julio Rodriguez work out in the offseason. They have the same client, same agent. And it really goes to show that this guy is such a pro's pro, right? Comes in, salty vet, knows how to get it done, knows the moments he needs to step up, takes takes that mount, takes the role, takes the crown, and just goes with it. And he's not overly flamboyant. Yeah, he's got a little bit of flavor. And when you come to Seattle, you got to have a little flavor for you to really, you know, meld and mix in with this city because we love flair that's why i always love jared kellenick man guy was a firecracker and he still is i'm going to cover a lot of jared kellenick later on the roster updates because a lot of you guys have been asking about stuff on jared kellenick but i want to finish up on the series of sweep of toronto because this was such an incredible viewing experience right apple tv for the record i'm not a big apple guy um, I'm a Samsung dude myself. That's just an electronic nerdy conversation, not so much baseball related. But these guys have phenomenal cameras. I thought Hunter Pence was pretty good. The commentary wasn't fantastic. But overall, they have great camera angles. The quality of their lenses, the slow motion, the attention to detail, the in between, like so much the in between innings, like uh, interviews, I probably could be without. But like the player cameras or the player mics, excuse me, were really good. I thought they had good ideas, good, you know, just good topics to talk about. Good engaging conversations with the players as well as the actual coaches and managers on the sideline. 
So that was really great to see. Obviously, Eugenio Suarez, massive home run, walk-off. He's having a heck of a resurgence year. Last year, he didn't even hit 200. He hit 176 for, for Cincinnati, which is why they wanted to get rid of him because he just wasn't performing anymore, and he was having a decent amount of money, money on his salary left over. Excuse me. Having a little bit of a talking issue today, but we're getting through it. 242 average this year for Eugenio Suarez, 15 home runs, 77 hits with 44 RBIs. He had 100 hits all of last year for Cincinnati. He's already at three quarters of it, and we're not just before the, the halfway mark right now. So we're looking real, real good right now when it comes to Suarez. Robbie Ray continues to shove. And when I say shove, it's his dominance. Flat out Cy Young quality dominance. Last seven starts for Robbie Ray. 3-0. and 44 and two-thirds innings pitched. Seven earned runs. 1.41 ERA with 49 strikeouts. This is the Robbie Ray, and I keep talking about him because you have to. He has reemerged as the ace of this rotation. Logan Gilbert still needs time to fully grasp and uh, just have an understanding and just belief and truth and conviction in his pitches. On the game on, on the game Sunday, for an example, I was watching his use of his off-speed versus the fastball. George Springer does George Springer things. Jumps all over a first pitch fastball. Because Logan's going to put it right down the middle. It's just a challenge fastball. Well, Logan Gilbert, like, look, man. I've, I've talked about this on previous podcasts with, with Logan Gilbert. And he's got a plus fastball. But he doesn't really have another great pitch besides for the fastball. And teams are starting to really hone in on the fact of, if we just jump on the fastball and force him to throw more off speed, we get him off of his game. There was one or two starts this series, or this year, excuse me. I believe it was the Minnesota series, the first uh, series of the season, and one, and, one and one another one or one different one, that he really was able to control the off-speed and use it to his advantage. But it just seems like he's so gung-ho on using the fastball that those kind of pitchers are the ones that get torched. And I say I'm not saying he's a bad pitcher. Obviously, he's not. He's got nine wins on, on the season. He's having a good year right now. He's on pace for about 15 wins, which is phenomenal for a guy in his second year. Don't get me wrong. But overall, Logan's got to figure out a way to use his off-speed on a more consistent basis. He's got to figure out the timing of to use a fastball, the off-speed. I think he needs, I just think he needs to really to develop a secondary pitch that would open up the fastball to be more of a versatile weapon, not just something he leans upon so heavily. So that's pretty much what I have for this series of Sweep of Toronto. Thank you again to the Canadian fans, Toronto fans, for coming down across the border, having us a really electric ballpark. The chants around the stadium were awesome. The, all, the engaging conversations were just priceless, honestly. Seeing just different demographics of people talking about one collective thing in baseball as it brings everybody, you know, in one place for the same reason, for a sport that we love and we are backing and we just, we live for these moments. We live for these experiences and opportunities to do this kind of stuff. And it was just awesome to be there. Very fortunate. Thank you to my buddy for forgetting me inside the ballpark. So just wanted to just shout that out there real quick. 
I got a couple things I want to talk about with the all-star voting, ladies and gentlemen. Because one thing obviously is well-deserving. One thing is a travesty. Julio Rodriguez gets into the all-star game. Obviously, the kid deserves to be there. One of the top 10, 15 players in baseball right now. Probably top 15. Probably couldn't put him top 10 quite yet. End of the year, hold up for conversation. Especially on his on the uh, trajectory that he's playing on this year. Ty France not making the all-star game is simply ridiculous. It is. You put Luis Arias as the secondary first baseman in the All-Star game. Luis Arias played 30 games at first base. 30. Why? Because Ty France isn't hitting 350 like Luis Arias. Luis Arias is a slap hitter. He plays the contact. He's not looking to pull the ball or push the ball into the outfield. It's not his game. So yeah, he's hitting like 340-something, 350. Whatever. Ty France deserves to be in that ball game. He does. Flat out simple. This is another example of East Coast bias, ladies and gentlemen. And I know Minnesota's not technically the East. And I got fam- I got family and friends in Minnesota. No to disrespect. The Twinkies are a decent team. But there is no way that Ty France does- is not more deserving of being in that game than Luis Arias. Ty France has a better glove. He's played three times more games, or uh, three times more games than Luis Arias at first base. And it's just it's just a popularity contest. How do people not like Ty France? Ty France is freaking awesome. Like, Viva La France, baguettes banging inside the ballpark. It's it's great. He gets on MLB Network often. Uh, Mark DeRosa praises him. Like, goodness gracious. No, like I said, no due disrespect to the Minnesota Twins fans, Luis Arias. Not trying to throw shade. It's not what I'm here for. But you cannot, in any physical way, OPS slugging anything, Ty France beats Luis Arias. Flat out simple. Numbers speak for themselves. Facts are facts. Ty France leads uh, all first baseman in the American League. Average hits and games played. What the heck? Seriously. You know, I know it's a little bit of a rant. Some people like the rants, some people don't. Apologize for it, but it's what I do. I gotta just get it off my chest. You know, say it with your chest. Well, that's what I do here. So, that's what I gotta say about that. That's how I feel. Please feel free to leave comments if you wanna disagree. If you got something you wanna say, if you got a counter argument, I'm here for it. That's what, I'm, that's what I make this for. Engaging conversations. I love those kind of topics. Those conversations are fantastic. Thank you so much for all the comments from everybody on the previous podcasts. Got a couple roster updates. George Kirby sent down to AAA. This is strictly due to innings limits. And Jerry DePoto, quote, reiterated on the Mike Salk show, Seattle Sports Station, that George Kirby does not have a innings pitch limit or for back of a term. He, uh, he's not going to be a hard, hard capped, right? And what I mean by that is that uh, he's not going to be restricted. He's not, they're not going to hold him back. They're going to wait for the right timing to get him back inside the, like on his normal like rotational time, right? Pitchers are very finical, finicky, finical, right? Man, I talking today has been a mess. But overall, keeping Kirby fresh 
at the end of the year is more important than having him right now when it really doesn't matter, right? People say, well, every game matters when you're trying to get into a playoff chase or a playoff race. I understand that. But look at the gravity and the, like, the overall situation that we're in. The Mariners are playing really good baseball. The bullpen is just phenomenal right now. I cannot say I'm, I cannot ever possibly state how good the bullpen has been recently. But George Kirby means way, way more to this franchise at the end of the season than he does for these next two or three weeks. Give him some time. Let the arm reset and reheal. Not that there's anything wrong with his arm. He just, you know, he's he's, he's never thrown more than 50 innings in any uh, or affiliate of this organization, single A, double A. He never even pitched in triple A. So he's never even thrown more than 50 innings at anywhere he's went. So he's already pitching past what he's normally used to. Let's get him back to healthy. Let's reject, reset that arm back to 100. Comes back throwing 97, 98 miles an hour. Painting corners. Good off-speed pitch mix. I still, I, I'm 120% behind this. And a lot of people disagree with me. That I believe George Kirby will be a better pitcher than Logan Gilbert. His ceiling is higher. He's got a better overall pitch mix. He trusts his off-speed more. You just see he throws more curveball insider than Logan Gilbert does. But they're not the same guy. They have two different uh, two different ways to you know do the same thing. Logan's, you know, blow up at you or blow up by a fastball, petrol, high velo. Kirby's got the velo, but he wants to be able to mix you around, change your eye level, and then paint corners. High fastball. So we touched on George Kirby. I gave you the reasons why he was sent down. Jacob Barnes, who was the pitcher who was brought up for him and placed on the roster, was DFA'd this morning. So Eric Swanson come back from his uh, for his leave due to his second child. Congratulations to Eric Swanson and his wife on the birth of their second child. Kyle Lewis hit three home runs in three games in his first weekend of his rehab start. I heard from Ryan Divish this morning that the tentative plan for Kyle Lewis was to do three games there. Go down to uh, the Rainiers today, play a game inside the outfield, rest Tuesday, play another game in the outfield Wednesday, rest again, play another game inside the outfield, and then we're going to be all-star break pretty much by that point. The tentative plan right now is for uh, Kyle Lewis to be back on the active roster in the lineup the first game after the all-star break which is exactly what the doctor ordered right now because the Mariners could surely use him inside the outfield. He'd be a great addition. He's got to play the outfield in general because right now Santana is red hot at DH. Ty France is obviously still still working his way back to first base overall in general. So, you know, it's kind of a log jam at DH right now, especially with Mitch coming back. You have to have Kyle Lewis playing at least two to three days in the outfield on, on a weekly basis. Jared Kelenic earns PCL Player of the Week. He had an OPS on base percentage plus slugging of over 1,600, which is just unfathomable. But it's AAA. People do this a lot in AAA. Not saying it's not a great sign. It's a good sign for, for Jared Kelenic. He's continuing to hit the ball well. He's hitting over 310 for his average since he's been down to AAA the last month plus. And then there's a rumor this morning that's going around the, the Twitter land i should say twitter land 
There's a possibility of Edwin Arroyo, the number one prospect for the Seattle Mariners. No, it's not Noah Marte. No, it's not Emerson Hancock. No, it's not Sam Carlson. Um, Edwin Arroyo is by far clearly the number one prospect for the Seattle Mariners right now. The kid has unbelievable bat-to-ball skills. He His comp right now is Francisco Lindor. Granted, Francisco Lindor is a switch-hitting shortstop. Edwin Arroyo is not a switch-hitter. But his bat-to-ball skills are fantastic. He's putting a lot of muscle on right now. Really bulked up since they got him in the same draft class as Julio Rodriguez. So curious to see what happens with that. Uh, I imagine there will be an update on that today. There was a Q&A today for Evan Arroyo. So I'll be see what happens with that over the uh, hour or two. He's on Twitter for the Mariners today. Trade targets. Man, this is a pause. There's, man, there's a lot of people. Very popular. Very popular topic. Trade, trade, trades, trades, trades. Because we're getting a month less away from the trade deadline. And I got a handful of names for you guys. Please do me a favor. If there's anything that I have or not names that you guys are wanting me to talk about the possibility of coming to the Seattle Mariners, please let me know on my Twitter handle, capital PNW Professor on Twitter. I do a very good job of getting back to you guys on that. Thank you so much for reaching out commenting on that good stuff. Gives me more uh, information and topics and insight for what you guys want me to hear and talk about for future podcasts. Trade targets. It's kind of three things the Mariners need right now. You need a second baseman because Adam Frazier is not cutting the cheese, right? You need a starting pitcher. I just talked about uh, the uh, the innings limit on George Kirby and how they're going to play that. And you need another bullpen arm. Yes, I've been saying all podcasts, the bullpen's been fantastic. They have been but the, the fact that Ken Giles got hurt really kind of dampers a couple things when it comes down to the upside of the, of the bullpen, having another veteran arm in there that can steady the ship, all that jazz. First name I'm going to bring up is Brandon Drury from, from the Cincinnati Reds. First baseman, third baseman, corner outfielder. Been seeing a lot of op- options for people wondering, can he play second base? I think he can. Perry Hill is, if he's not the best, he's one of the top three best uh infield coaching uh infield coaches excuse me in baseball dude is a gold glove like genius it's all he does is just you know Suarez talked about it jp crawford's talked about it ty france talked about it everybody talks about it he's absolutely fundamentally solid as a coach right brandon drury good hitter the problem with him is that he's going to be a rental He's pretty much on his last year of, of arbitration. Came over from a deal in the Diamondbacks a couple of years ago. He's just having a really good year for the Cincinnati Reds. I don't imagine the Reds will keep him because they need to restock the farm in general. But Cincinnati, a lot of rumors are going to leave the leave the city of Cincinnati. That's due to the fact that the fan base is getting tired. And I don't blame them due to just an inability to just stockpile talent and do anything with it. Besides for Joey Votto. And, of course, Jesse Winker. So, thank you for Jesse Winker. Appreciate that. Ian Happ, Cubs outfielder. If he comes to the Mariners, it'll probably be in a package deal with a relief pitcher by the name of David Robertson. For those who do do or do not remember him, he was a pitcher for the New York Yankees for many, many years. Quality vet. Struggled the last couple of years. He's having a nice bounce back year for the Cubs. I wouldn't imagine it would take a whole lot to get him. It would take a lot more probably to get Ian Happ than him. It's due to the fact that I mean, I feel like, because, I mean, he's a veteran arm, but he's a little older. Ian Happ's still in, like, the middle of his prime. So you could probably see a package deal like that 
probably cost us like a mid 15, 16 overall uh, farm selection prospect to get that done at least to start with. David Bednar is a popular name on Twitter right now for Mariners. Relief pitcher from Pittsburgh. Quality vet. Same kind of thing as David Robertson. Just having a really good year this year for the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates. Pirates still need that. They know O'Neill Cruz is coming along well for them, but they need a lot more pieces before they can be relevant. I've been seeing a lot of people asking about uh, Brian Reynolds. That's just not going to happen. They're going to ask for Jared Kelnick and Harry Ford or Emerson Hancock, and it's just not worth it for that right now. Yes, Brian Reynolds is a phenomenal baseball player, but we already have a guy in center field. We, I mean, Kyle Lewis is coming back to play the outfield. Mitch Hanniger will be back soon. He'll probably be DHing a lot, probably splitting time with him in Santana. So I'll be curious to see what happens with that. Also, Jared Kelnick waiting inside the Waynes. Probably won't be happening this year for Kelnick, but it's an interesting idea overall in general. Jonathan India, second baseman from the Cincinnati Reds. This guy really intrigues me. I think he'd probably be the one of all these guys. I want him more than Drury. Due to the fact that he's an above-average athlete, really good speed, quality back-to-ball skills, multiple years of club control still, he's going to cost you a lot more than Brandon Drury, though. He's probably going to cost you, you know, uh, Jonathan Classe, who's like a 13th overall prospect, um, Zach Deloach, maybe. And that just breaks my heart. I'm a Zach Deloach fan. I love Zach Deloach. He's got a great swing, good head on his shoulders. But, you know, you bring up prospects, so sometimes you get rid of them to bring in guys who fit the timeline for where we're going to be competing for the time being but i really like jonathan india see what happens with that i'm not like overly big on that happening but of all the names i gave drury hap robertson bednar india reynolds probably probably brandon drury or india for the two most realistic, I don't see in half really overly realistic. It's just like an outfield option for the Mariners. Just kind of have some depth out there. And then probably I would do David Bednar over David Robertson. Due to the fact that Bednar is a couple years younger and a little bit cheaper than Robertson. Robertson's in the second year of his deal with, with, with the Cubs. A couple starting pitching names that I talked about for the innings limit. Marcus Stroman. That's going to be a little difficult. It's because he signed a new contract. He didn't want to come to Seattle in the offseason. And I don't really want somebody who wasn't wanting to be here to be before the season to be here now just because we're winning. That just kind of seems like a shallow how kind of a move. Tyler Mahale of the Cincinnati Reds is an option. The one I'm really curious about, and I, this makes a lot of sense, and we made a couple trades of them already. Blake Snell of the San Diego Padres. UW product, quality lefty. The problem is San Diego's in a little bit of a situation right now. For those who don't know, the Padres have been way over the salary cap tax for a while. Like pretty much the entirety of, of the season. If they don't get underneath of that salary cap limit, they're going to get excessively fined. We're talking millions and millions of dollars, which obviously they don't want to have to pay if they don't have to. Blake Snell signed a very, very expensive deal with them. We can swallow a fair amount of that money. It'd be good to have another lefty inside the rotation, besides for just Marco Gonzalez and Robbie Ray. Uh, I like the more lefty versus righty. Some people like more righty versus lefty. That's once again another topic for you guys to message me about, letting me know how you feel about that in general. I feel like that'd be a really good, interesting trade proposal for the Seattle Mariners. Could help with the innings limit on George Kirby and also some ease some of the pressure off of Logan Gilbert. Make Gilbert more of a four and make Kirby a five and put Snow on a three, or, you know, you could, you know, rotate around how you want. People ask, what happens to Chris Flexen? 
thought of things like that, that could happen. Flexing's been great, but um, he still just worries me from time to time. It's just the fact that, you know, this is a velo game. If you don't throw 94, 95 most of the time, and I know Marco Gonzalez is like literally polar opposite of that conversation because he throws 89 miles an hour all the time. But you got to have some velo somewhere, you know. If you make a mistake with velo, you can get away with it more often than you can if you throw or make a mistake when you throw 89 because they're going to jump all over it. Today's game, Mariners versus the Nationals will be at 4.05 p.m. Chris Flexen versus Josiah Gray. No Julio today. This will be the day, his suspension day or suspension slash day off is what Scott Sturmis labeled it as because he doesn't like labeling it as a suspension since they don't feel like Julio did anything to warrant the suspension. But I covered that a long time ago in multiple podcasts beforehand. Overall, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for, for today's podcast. If you guys enjoyed the show, the content, the things I cover, please uh, just uh, just, give, just give it a listen. Subscribe if you want to you know, be in tune for more of these that show up. I am, again, free on all platforms. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the good jazz. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and tuning in on a every other day basis. And as I always drop off with this podcast, and I got a darn good reason to say it, ladies and gentlemen, see us rise.